the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. It's always great to have these moments every week where we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. I also want to, and of course, um, we also pay a particular focus on positive community events throughout Central Florida, and that is what uh, will be our focus in our first part of our show today. We are pleased to have Dr. Baptiste of one of the outstanding businesses in our community, Baptiste Orthodontics, and we uh, will welcome him, and uh, thank you for being here, Doctor. Well, thank you for having me. And first of all, and I want to talk to you, because I know that Baptiste Orthodontics is doing a lot of exciting things, um, you know, in the time that you've you've been here in Central Florida, uh, expanding, expanding into the Apopka area, which is real exciting, uh, supporting Apopka Blue Rider football broadcast on our stations, which we're very appreciative of and excited about, and I know a lot of people are. But first of all, tell us a little bit about um, your career as an orthodontist, and how many years have you been an orthodontist? Well, um, I graduated from Howard University Dental School in Washington, D.C., um, in 1999, so actually next year is our 20-year reunion. Um, after that, I went to Canada and practiced general dentistry for one year. Um, I returned to Howard University and did my residency there, and I graduated in 2002, and that's when I moved to Florida and um, started practicing orthodontics. And can you share with why chose Florida to get started? Well, I'm an outdoorsy kind of guy, so I like to fish and and hunt and um, and play golf and do things outside. So um, living up north just didn't really fit with my lifestyle. Um, every time I visited Florida, I enjoyed it. Um, so I figured, why not live here? Yeah, not too much golf. I guess it's played in Washington D.C. area around January, probably. <laughs> I'll tell you what we we managed to play golf year round, even in D.C. We had a, a 50 degree limit you know if it was over 50 we would play and usually we get one or two days that we could play in the, in the winter as well now can you tell us about baptiste orthodontics uh, how you, you know, when you got st- from that picket up there and when you got started in okay. business um well when i first moved to florida um i was a canadian citizen um and i was here um on a work visa um I, my employer actually helped me get my green card um, I got my green card, I believe, in 2008. Um, at that point, I purchased the office that I was working in. 
Um, in 2010, I opened a second office, and that office became the first Baptist Orthodontics. Um, I got my citizenship, my U.S. citizenship, last year, um, so I'm now a U.S. citizen. And um, so we've had Baptist Orthodontics now for six, eight years now, I think. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Right now, we're speaking with Dr. Baptiste of Baptiste Orthodontics about some of the new, interesting, and innovative things that they are doing, one of which includes opening a brand new Apopka office, and we'll be talking about that with Dr. Baptiste in a few minutes. Um, now, but Doctor, I wanted to ask you, this is a question that I hear from time to time, I mean a lot, and I'm sure that you do as well. What is the difference between a dentist and an orthodontist? Well, an orthodontist is a dentist that has um, gone on to, to specialize. So before you become an orthodontist, you graduate dental school and you're a dentist. Um, if you decide to go back and specialize and spend an extra two or three years in a residency, um, you specialize in the field of orthodontics, which is basically straightening teeth. Um, today we do that with braces. We also do it with clear aligners, such as Invisalign or Clear Correct. And can you, uh, from there, talk about uh, some of the current trends in the field of orthodontics? Well, um, probably the biggest changes in orthodontics have been the clear aligners. So now with Invisalign and, and Clear Correct, we're, we're able to straighten teeth without actually putting braces on. Um, it's It's probably been the biggest change in orthodontics, I would say... Definitely in my career, probably in about the last 50 years of, of orthodontics, I would say. Of course, I know that you've got your office over in the Dr. Phillips area. Um, what are some of your other offices? Well, we have one office in the Dr. Phillips area, like you said. Um, we have another office, which is just north of that, at Hiawassee and West Colonial. Um, the office that we're going to be opening up is in Apopka, and we should be open next month. Um, that office is on South Park Avenue. Um, yeah, that that should be a really nice office. It's it's a little bit bigger than the offices that we have before. Yeah, it's in a great area. It looks like it's really coming along right across the street from Kitland Nelson Park. Yeah, it's which a beautiful everybody park. Knows and right down the street from uh, Mayor Nelson's office. In fact, yeah. um, now can you talk about you know, the decision to actually choose to to add another office specifically in the Apopka area? Well, you know, we were trying to grow, and we already had a lot of patients that, that were from Apopka. Um, we had a great relationship with uh, Wakaiva High School, um, and we're now building a great relationship with Apopka High School. Um, but we had a lot of patients that were from this area. We had patients that were from uh, Lake Mary, um, Zellwood, Apopka. Um, where do they have the, the, the antique festival? But what town is that? Mount Dora, that's it, yeah. Um, we had a lot of patients from Mount Dora, so, you know, we just thought it would be very convenient for a lot of our patients. And since we had a good relationship in the area, um, we thought it would be a great idea. And, you now I know that you work closely and you sponsor a lot of things in the public schools. And um, as I said before, we're real excited about your sponsorship of Apopka Blue Daughter Football. Um, and, you know, the season's just getting getting started right now. And we want to pre you know, thank you for your support of our efforts to broadcast the Blue Daughter football games on our station. But um, now, can you talk about some of the other programs that you that you sponsor in the public school? 
Um, we have, I, I believe it's over 30 schools that we're partners in education with. Um, some of the schools, um, we donate time. Some of the schools, we donate, you know, money. Um, we had a program with one elementary school where we donated 100 bicycles um, for the kids there. Um, with um, Wakaiva, we sponsored the stadium. I know we have um, a big program with the athletic department at Apopka High School right now um, where we're going to be sponsoring most of their athletics. Um, I believe Apopka Middle School, we have we have a program with them as well. Um, you know, it's hard to keep track. You know, I, I have a great um, outreach person in, in Cynthia, and, and she sort of keeps track of everything and, and gets me to the right places at the right time. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're glad you're joining us. Right now we're talking with Dr. Baptiste, founder of Baptiste Orthodontics. Relatively new, um, but not, not actually not so new, <laughs> about eight years. Um, you know, for, for us old-timers, that's, that's new. Um, orthodontics practice in Central Florida and recently expanding to the Apopka area. And uh, Dr. Baptiste, can you just talk about some of the you know, the patients that, that come to you and, um, you know, what are some of the needs that they have? I suspect it's probably a variety of different needs. Yeah. Um, you know, we see a wide, wide range of patients. Um, you know, we we see adult patients, we see children. My oldest patient was 83 when he got his braces off. Um, we see a lot of special needs patients as well. Um, we participate in a program, um, called CMS, um, for patients that are, I believe, on, on, on Medicaid. And um, a lot of times we get patients with disabilities, autistic patients. Um, you know, and, and then we have lots of, you know, students from um, the schools around here. Um, we have a really wide range of diverse patients. And uh, I would like, just, I'm curious about what was it that led you to choose the field of orthodontics back in your days as, as a student or, or if not okay. before? Well, um, when I first went to dental school, um, my objective was, was just to graduate dental school. Um, once I got in, I started doing pretty well. And, and um, you know, when you, when you do well, you have op- options when you're done. You can, you can choose a residency. And at first, I wanted to do oral surgery. I wanted to be an oral surgeon. Um, but, you know, there was just a lot of stress in the oral surgery rotations. And, and you know, I felt like, you know, I'm a low-stress guy, um, very relaxed. And um, when I went through my orthodontic residency or rotations, um, that just seemed more like the, the quality of life that I, that I enjoyed. Um, it was just my sort of speed. Um, the great thing about orthodontics is you're building a relationship with people. You know, a lot of times people will ask me, you know, how, how do you look in mouths all day? And I tell them, there's a very small part of my job that's looking in people's mouths. You know, 90% of my job is sitting down and talking with people and building relationships. And you get to know someone, you know, when you're treating them over two years or two and a half years, whatever it may be. Um, so you're more building relationships than just sort of working on teeth. And can you talk about, I know that it takes a lot of hard work for dentists and orthodontists. You know, you're in a very structured schedule. And um, can you, you talk about that aspect? Um, you know, I don't really think of it as hard work. You know, I have a great team, so I have a lot of people around me that I think do the hard work. You know, I get to to talk to people and, and, um, like I said, you know, build relationships. Um, you know, once you've been doing this for a while and, you know, I've been doing it for 16 years now, um, the actual orthodontic part of it is, is really the easy part. 
Um, so I wouldn't say that that, that it, it's hard work, you know, and I enjoy it. So it, it's 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 what I like to do. And uh, before we go to break, another one more question is I along similar lines. I just know from visiting your offices at Baptiste Orthodontics, working with Cynthia, um, you have a very welcoming kind of a in, environment, and uh, you know that's obviously something that you've that's the focus of yours. That, that's that's uh, you know, an objective. Can you talk about about that aspect? Well, you know, I always feel like like I want to make my my office sort of the way that I would want an office that I walked in to be. Um, you know, it's not hard for people to to be happy and people to have a smile and and make you feel welcome. Like I've been in so many places where you walk in and you feel like you're intruding on someone's personal time. Um, you know, so I wanted my office to be the opposite of that. You know, I wanted everyone to come in to feel like, like they're special, you know, they're the star of the day. Um, you know, um, yeah, that, that's, that's basically it. Well, friends, I hope you're enjoying our conversation here with Dr. Baptiste, founder of Baptiste Orthodontics. And we're going to go to a break in just a moment. Before we go to break, I want to remind you that that if you're looking for a car, a truck, SUV, or any other vehicle, uh, a place that will take care for those, I urge you to get over to see our friends Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. They're located in 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. Be sure to tell them, Roger Franklin Williams, Sinship. And before we go to break, I want, of course, to remind you and that our program is supported by Dr. Patrick St. Germain, D.C., St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to be voted best chiropractor once again this year. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to be with you today. Always enjoy this time we have to be together every week, this brief time, to talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And uh, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. As, as I mentioned before in our earlier segment, as we're, we're coming into a, a very intense election season, it's um, right around the corner actually now. Uh, primary elections will be late in August, and that will increase our focus uh, of talking with candidates on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. In fact, of course, as you, many of you know, that's been a longstanding tradition that we've had on our program to really give a strong focus on local politics because um, those who follow politics and government closely do know that – Actually, it's our, our local elected officials who have the greatest impact on our, our everyday lives. And a big part of our mission is to bring those to you, candidates and elected officials, to, so that you can learn more about them and their agendas and priorities. Now, let's go back. Before we go back to, to Fred Brummer, I want to remind, you know, let you know, remind you that our program and all the programs you hear on FM 105.5, The Answer, AM 660, The Answer, and 1520 WBCW are supported by Dr. Patrick St. Germain, D.C., and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to be voted best chiropractor once again 
in the greater Apopka, Northwest Orange County area. Now back to Fred Brummer and Fred. Now another issue, and this is an issue. It's um, it's kind of almost like the movie Groundhog Day. It seems like an issue that'll never never go away. But I remember uh, from you know back in the day. I, I think maybe even back when you were in the legislature, but certainly when you were on the the county commission, you fought this this issue, which I'll just refer to as the septic tank issue, which is um, you know, not so much of a quote sexy issue, but it's a very important issue to homeowners in your area. And it's just a classic battle where the big government forces, if you will, and in this case, I would say, um, you know, radical environmentalist types um, want to force homeowners to have certain kinds of septic tanks and, you know, that that aren't necessarily necessary from from other people's perspective. And and, um, you know, it would, just, it, it would create a, a very complicated situation and an expensive situation for homeowners that would be mandated by government. That's that's my take on the issue. And, and you know, can you expand on that and correct anything I had that, that wasn't quite exactly right? I think I think you've you've pretty well described it, Roger. The issue actually began, you know, in 2004 when I was in the, in the legislature. And, and we fought it for 10 years, and I've said that, you know, the best, you know, after fighting it for 10 years, and the best I ever came out with was a draw every other time I was, you know, put to the mat by the, by the big government bureaucrats. But in 2016, there is a, a bill passed that reached all the way down, not just to the first magnitude springs, but to uh, second magnitude springs like Rock Springs and, and Wakaiwa Springs that requires... A, what's called a basin management action plan. And the Department of Environmental Protection has just completed its basin management action plan for the Wakaiwa and Rock Springs. And what that will do is require a septic system in homes that are not on wastewater collection systems. It will require a septic system that reduces the nitrate amount that goes into the groundwater. The impact is on lots, homes, that are on less than an acre, all right? Now, the Basin Management Action Plan that was, the, that was put out by Department of Environmental Protection was actually the best that we could possibly hope for. And, of course, it is still yet the worst of all possible worlds. So the issue is not that, that and, and some folks actually were afraid that, that what was going to happen with July 1st, the effective date of the Basin Management Action Plan, was that the government was going to start saying, okay, you had to change your septic system now. That's not, that's not the case. However... If your system fails, if your septic systems fail, and they do, you know, and basically it's a drain field that fails. It's not the septic tank itself. That septic tank's concrete block, effectively. But the, sept- the drain field fails. You have to you install a nitrate-reducing septic system. And if you're on a one-third acre lot, that's going to be hugely challenging. The choices are very limited and very expensive. If you use one of what's called one of the media layer systems, it's going to be very challenging to be able to have enough space on your lot to use that media layer system. And that's the least expensive, probably three or 4,000, probably doubles the cost of a new drain field. If you were to have to go to an aerobic treatment unit or a performance-based treatment system, those systems run fifteen to $25,000 for a, a standard home, you know, a three-bedroom, two-bedroom home, depending upon the size of, you know, and the number of folks living there. But the, and then the issue on top of that, there's two items on top of that. One, there's a monthly maintenance fee, monthly maintenance that you have to go forward with. And and because of that, you know, you need to get a higher, a qualified contractor to do that. 
And then the, the worst case scenario from what we've seen in this last year was those systems all are powered by electricity. And you know what happened last year after the hurricane. Folks were out of electricity for three days, seven days, nine days, 11 days. Now, okay, so you got a, a septic system that, that requires electricity, okay? And after the third day, you still have no electricity. Effectively, you have no septic system. You can't use, you know, you can't use the plumbing in your house. So, so those, those items are, are, are out there. Supposedly, DEP believes that, that the funding that the legislature has provided, which is only $50 million a year, statewide, this is not just for, you know, for Northwest Orange County, statewide, that this, this amount of money will be adequate to help homeowners withstand this huge increase in cost. But that's, there's just not enough money to do that. And, and the cost to Orange County to extend wastewater collection systems is, again, hugely impactful. So it's a very, very challenging, very technical and, and very concerning issue for families, for working families here in Northwest Orange County. And, friend, and, and of course, you've been working, you know, very familiar with that issue going all the way back to 2004 when you were in, in the legislature. And friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Right now we're speaking with Fred Brummer, candidate for Orange County Commission, District 2. Now, another question um, that I wanted to just you know, share, bring you know, talk about is, you know, of course, um, you know, Apopka Mayor Brian Nelson very well, of course, uh, you know, professionally and personally. Um, and the reason I bring that up is that, you know, historically, you know, as, as I mentioned before, Orange County government is a completely different entity than city of Apopka government. And over the years, they haven't always worked so well together. Um, wh- how do you envision, you know, your relationship working with, uh, you know, the, the city of Apopka you know, if you were to be elected, you know, the, the um, I was blessed to have, you know, learned at the feet of Mayor Land. You know, it was just, you know, just no more skillful person in in accomplishing items than than Mayor Land. And and of course, you know, I mean, Brian Nelson have, uh, you know, I mean, he followed me to the legislature, followed me to the to the Orange County Commission. Uh, you know, we've we've got a a, a working relationship. On, on practicalities of life that that I think is is excellent i I foresee an even better relationship between myself and Mayor Nelson than the blessing that I had working with uh, mayor land if that if that's at all possible and and you remember you know when when uh, when Mayor land running for reelection and I drove him knocking on doors in nineteen ninety one kind of thing so and worked on his campaigns for all those years so but um, I see Commissioner Mayor Nelson's uh, leadership. Uh, I see the opportunity for us to work together to uh, address issues that are specific. I mean, South Apopka, you know, a substantial portion of Apopka have, have these issues that are that they're on septic systems, and they, you know, we need conversion. So, as a year ago, Commissioner Nelson, then Commissioner Nelson, made the arrangements for me to meet with senators that he served with in the Florida House to talk with uh, in Tallahassee about the septic issue. So we've, you know, we've already worked well together on, on, on those issues. And, and I believe that we will, you know, I mean, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm comfortable that we will have a, an excellent relationship making Orange County government work for Northwest Orange County. And you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams show. We're speaking with Fred Brummer, 
candidate for Orange County Commission District 2. Well, Fred, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming over today. Anything else in our, uh, we've got about two to three minutes, um, you know, for this segment, anything else you'd like to share with us? You know, I was, I was, I was thinking because when we're recording in this room today, this is the the room that we recorded uh, a candidate debate for the district 38 Republican uh, candidacy in 1998. Okay. Uh, and uh, we were here that day. It was just about a week, week or so before the, you know, the primary. And it was, uh, it, it's remarkable. And, you know, you think back to things that we got done in the legislature then, you know, things, um, winning the Pete Weitzel, a uh, friend of the first amendment award from the first amendment foundation. Uh, I w- and that was, that was the same session that I closed from public record people's social security numbers, you know? Uh, and, and so being, in other words, making more, uh, records confidential, and at the same time being recognized by the First Amendment Foundation for defending government in the sunshine was quite an accomplishment. I'm very, very proud of it. It puts me in a category with a limited number of folks. Uh, served very well, um, both for eight years in the legislature and eight years on the county commission previously, as well as your, your tremendous community service. And, of course, we've been fortunate to be able to cover it literally from, from day one, literally, um, that first campaign Yes, sir. Back in the day, for the I, legislature. I I I, uh, I I appreciate all that you have done, and, and the number of times that I've been able to uh, be with Roger Franklin Williams on the Roger Franklin Williams show, and that that was 1998 before we were in this room here. We were we were on your show. So, and one thing I will say um, before we go to break is that as I have observed, you know, Fred Bremer very closely in public service, specifically, you know. Fred, you and he's not someone who's afraid to take on the tough issues, you know. And those of us who follow politics closely know that there are a lot of elected officials, a lot of pretty, you know, decent, nice people that just do not want to want to fight those really, really tough battles. And what I mean by that, issues that aren't necessarily popular, issues that aren't necessarily going to get you any votes, might even lose you votes, but but have to be done to serve the public. And uh, Fred Brummer's always been a stalwart at the forefront of fighting for tough issues, whether it's the septic tank situation because this is no super sexy issue there's not a whole lot of votes to be gained on that um but it, it's important to protect homeowners uh, same thing of fighting the the public employee unions back in the day and you you know, suffered a lot of slings and arrows on that one but it was somebody had to, had to do that and, and you were the guy that stepped up uh fight, you know, fighting uh i'll just term them broad basically special issues uh special interests that wanted favors from orange county government um, you, you stepped up to to fight. So anyway, I'll just put that on the on the table before we go. Well, I appreciate that, Roger. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, the thing about Fred Brummer is is that he will stay. And unfortunately, I'm seeing it more and more today that uh, fellow elected officials will avoid the issues rather than fight them. And so, I you know, I, mean, I believe it's critical that we that we stand for Florida's working families and Orange County's working families and Northwest Orange County's working families. Well, you've got. Eight-year, uh, sixteen-year track record of doing that, both at the state gov- government level and the county government level, and uh, we wish you all the best in, in this campaign and effort. Thank you very much. Well, friends, it's time for our next break. When we come back, we'll shift gears. We're going to speak with Hollis Kendall, founder and owner of Southern Safety Services. So, please stay with us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show.
Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity to join you. So we talked about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Hope you enjoyed those conversations with Fred Brummer, candidate for Orange County Commission, seat number two. Of course, as many of you know, Fred served in that position for eight years uh, before going back to his private business, his CPA firm, Brummer & Rogers. And now with the um, with Brian Nelson leaving that seat to become mayor of Apopka, which, of course, he was recently elected to, uh, that leaves that seat wide open. And Fred is one of the candidates to serve again and hope you enjoyed the conversation we had. Right now, we're pleased to be joined by a gentleman that's making a positive impact in our community by um, the business that he has. The business is Southern Safety Services, and the, we're pleased to be joined by the founder and owner of Southern Safety Services, Hollis Kendall. Hollis, great to see you. Oh, great to see you and great to be here. And Hollis, I'd like to, why don't we start, and I'd just like to have you talk about one of the things that, one of the primary things that you do at Southern Safety Services is to teach courses that get people certified to have a concealed weapons permit in Florida. And one of the things that's part of that course that you teach and the work that you do is really an emphasis, a strong emphasis on handgun safety. But first of all, just give us a brief overview of Southern Safety Services, and then we'll pick it up and and, then get more specific as we go. Well, you you pretty well covered it. Uh, Southern Safety Services, uh, the main thing that I do is uh, handgun safety training, uh, concealed weapons classes. Uh, But it's not all just concealed weapons classes. Again, handgun safety training, and we have uh, people even bring in their children. Uh, that uh, they want to educate uh, handgun safety because they have guns in the home. Uh, And a lot of people, even though they can't get their concealed weapons license until they're 21, uh, they take the class at 16, 17, 18, whatever. Uh, When they turn 21, they submit their paperwork and get their license, and uh, that's what we do. Now, I'd like to, since I've learned more about Southern Safety Services, the work that you do, as I understand it, and correct me if I don't have it right, but the way that you approach this training and getting people certified to get the concealed weapon permit is different than a lot of the other people in this particular industry. What I mean you know, briefly by that is a lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll have these courses at gun shows and things like this. There are long lines. Um, so a lot of times it's not always super convenient to, to, to go and try to find a place to, to get certified for your permit. Um, how, how does Southern Safety uh, Services differ from that approach? Well, you mentioned convenient, and that's uh, that's one of the key words. We try to be as convenient for our clients as possible. Uh, I offer classes daily, uh, schedule, you know, groups, individuals, female only, uh, families. Uh, we're centrally located right downtown Apopka. Uh, and again, like I say, I, I schedule at 10 a.m., for example, uh, if you and your group have to do it at two in the afternoon, we try to schedule it two in the afternoon. Uh, if, if it's possible, it's not always possible, but for the most part it is. 
And you talk about your convenience. You're just one block south of Highway 441, as you said, right in the heart of Popka. In fact, you're located to a number of our, our mutual friends. You're right behind Porky's. You're due south of Porky's. And then you also, um, you I think you share, actually share office uh, building with Debbie Turner of the Debbie Turner Cancer Care Center. Yes, yes. I'm in the building uh, with Debbie Turner and uh, privileged to be there with her as well. Now, let's talk more about the convenience aspect. And that's, you know, as I understand it, you, you, as you said, you've you've got classes that are available daily. You can work around your um, customer schedule. And you even have female-only classes that are available. And can you talk about that? Because I think that's kind of a, a growing niche of, of people that, you know, are, are, are buying handguns, getting trained to use handguns, or women that are purchasing guns for their personal safety. This is correct. Um there are more and more ladies uh, getting handgun training now and getting their concealed weapons license. Uh, and I think in many cases, they just feel more comfortable uh, being with a group of ladies versus, uh, you know, some macho men or whatever. Uh, so they get two or three of their friends or relatives together, and uh, we put together a class. And, and, I, and I try to tailor each class for my clients' needs. Uh, every class is not identical, uh, depending on knowledge, uh, what they do know, what they don't know. Uh, so I just, I just try to make every class, uh, specifically for the client. We're speaking with Hollis Kendall. Hollis is the founder of Southern Safety Services. It's a business that trains citizens in gun safety, handgun safety, and prepares citizens, gets them certified actually to receive their concealed weapons permit in the state of Florida. And Hollis is an NF, an NRA certified pistol instructor. Now, Hollis, can you talk about, yeah, one of the things that, that I think is interesting that I've learned from talking to you is that the way that you present your classes, they, you have customers, students, however you want to term it, everything from the, the, the advanced, uh, a very experienced handgun owner to the novice handgun owner. And can you just talk about that aspect of what you do? Yeah, and that has come about because you have to take a class with somebody in order to get a certificate to go apply for your concealed weapons license. And so I've had several people who have uh, taken my class that were very experienced shooters. Uh, and then I also, again, have the people who have never touched a gun before in their life. But touching on the very experienced shooters... Uh, it's surprising that uh, even most of them have picked up some pointers and some tips and improved their skills uh, by taking the class, even though they were very skilled when they came there. And that that leads to another a follow-up question, you know, and, and I this is kind of, you know, it makes common sense, but one thing that you've shared is that a lot of people, you know, who maybe have uh, owned guns, handguns all their life and use handguns all their life, still, they still ha- have a lot to learn, especially in terms of uh, handgun safety. Th- this is true because what I have found, I've been doing this eight and a half years now, uh, and what I have found is that, uh, you know, right now there's over two million people in the state of Florida that have a concealed weapons license. Um, and I don't have any clue on the numbers, but I'm sure a very large amount of them never go shoot. Uh, They buy a gun, they take a class, they get their concealed weapons license, and they maybe go shoot to the range once or twice or 
go play with it or whatever the case may be, and then they, they just carry it or store it uh, and never do any additional training. And it's one of these things that uh, you just have to stay with it. You have to train, train, train. Uh, and whether, you know, today's your first day with a handgun or 30 years, uh, you have to keep your skills uh, perfected. It, that leads to another question uh, that follows directly from what you are just sharing with us is that, you know, that gives us something else a lot of people don't really stop and think about. No matter how skilled you are, even how good of a, a skilled shooter you are, and most people aren't that own handguns. Um, every, if, if say, if you a person is in a situation, a citizen is in a situation, they, they are threatened. Uh, they feel threatened. They have to use their gun. They shoot. Uh, you're, you're um, not every bullet hits its mark, but but legally, every gun owner is responsible for where those bullets land. That's that's an excellent point because. Uh, and that's something that we talk about a lot in the class, among other things, obviously. But uh, you are responsible for every bullet that comes out of that gun under all circumstances. So even though you are defending your life or someone else's life or whatever it may be, uh, home invasion, carjacking, whatever, uh, not every bullet is going to hit its mark. And you are responsible for every bullet that comes out of that gun. Um so I'm a, I'm a facility for U.S. Law Shield, and uh, I, I talk about that a lot because it's a, a fabulous insurance policy for any gun owner uh, or even non-gun owners. It, it protects you for any type of self-defense that you've had to use uh, in the course of protection. So it could even be, you know, a pen, uh, keys, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, and it's a very, very affordable protection. Speaking with Hollis Kendall on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, Hollis is the founder and owner of Southern Safety Services, which is a business that prepares citizens to get certified for their concealed weapons permit in Florida and teaches handgun safety. And Hollis, why don't you share with us uh, about, and there's a lot more, and of course you can learn a lot more on your website. Share with us your website and how people can find out more about Southern Safety Services. The website is triple uh, SSSFL.com. Uh, there's a couple of videos on there, and there's uh, access to the NRA and the U.S. Law Shield, as I mentioned. Uh, but again, my class and the structure of my program is more designed around safety than any other item. Uh, we cover everything you need to know about guns, complete uh, gun nomenclature and ammunition and everything you need to know about the proper handling of guns and shooting of guns and and the laws uh, but it's it, safety is the key my company name is southern safety services so safety is my middle name literally so and, and speaking of safety and we're up we're getting close to our break hollis is going to stay with us uh, for another segment and when we come back and for that segment, I want to talk about your commitment to safety because one of the things I've learned about you is you have a true passion for handgun safety, and that's, uh, there's some specific reasons how that passion really developed over the years and s- some specific circumstances. Um, but before we do that, I- I'd like to go back to the topic of convenience that we talked about uh, earlier, and if I if have it correctly, you can even schedule um, – classes for small groups of people, and you can even schedule them even at a person's home or business. Exactly, and that's uh, one of the things that separates me from some of the other people. 
uh, I am capable and willing uh, to bring the class to you uh, in your environment. Uh, the classroom portion can basically be done anywhere. So if you want a group at your office or your business, at your home, uh, whatever the case may be, I can accommodate that. Uh, and then obviously we have to go to a gun range and do the shooting uh, to complete the course. But uh, safety and convenience is what it's all about with, with Southern Safety Services. Well, we're going to go to a break here in a moment, and when we come back, we'll continue to talk with Hollis Kendall, founder and owner of Southern Safety Services. Before we go to break, I want to give a shout-out and a hello and a thank you to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain, D.C., St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. St. Germain supports all the programs you hear here on 1520 WBZW and 105.5 FM, The Answer, and AM660. The answer, and also give a shout out to our friends over at Florida Door Solutions because they support all the programs on our stations as well. And if you have garage door problems, I encourage you and urge you to contact Florida Door Solutions, and you can give them a call at eight six six FLA Door. And please tell them you're heard it on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Well, friends, we'll be right back in just a moment for more on today's program. Please stay with us. Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you to talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And, of course, on our program, the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we talk about those issues from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Our guest is Hollis Kendall, and Hollis is the founder and owner of Southern Safety Services which is a business conveniently located in the Apopka area, just one block south of Highway 441 in the heart of downtown Apopka. In a, you've got a beautiful, a nice office in a beautiful residential area, red brick streets, big oak trees. And um, so we'll go back to Hollis in just a moment. But before we do, I want to thank Pete Paquette. Pete's sitting in, and we're doing kind of a little double duty here as our producer. And, Pete, thank you for making yourself available to produce our segments here with Hollis. Sure, Roger. Right, sure. um, now, let's, Hollis, as we go back, you know, of course, uh, Southern Safe, Safety Services is a business that per, that teaches gun handgun safety and prepares, gets uh, actually gets citizens certified to get their concealed weapons permit in the state of Florida. And, you know, as you're telling us, Hollis, one of the the things that characterizes Southern Safety Services and the work that you do and the courses that you teach is a commitment and a passion for handgun safety. And you've had some personal experiences that really kind of led you in this direction and impacted you in in terms of the importance of handgun safety. And can you share um, some of that that with us, please? Yes. And it was it was in another industry, but. October 1st, 1993, changed my life. It's a date that uh, I remember as if it was yesterday. It was, uh, I was involved uh, in safety with commercial motor vehicles, uh, thousands of them within the state of Florida. 
so obviously with that many vehicles and employees, you have issues. Uh, but October 1st, 1993, I, uh, uh, I went to the scene of my first fatality and investigated and, uh, that day changed my life. And after that date, I have investigated, uh, probably 14 or 15 other fatalities, various circumstances and whatnot. But, uh, the bottom line is all the same. They were fatalities. Um, and it just, it changes your life. And I retired about nine years ago and, uh, safety is a passion of mine. And I couldn't think of a better application for my passion than with loaded guns. Uh, and people, they don't put enough thought into it. It's just, uh, you grab a gun, you point it at a target and you pull the trigger and that's pretty much all there is to it, they think. And it's just so much more than that. And, uh, with that said, that's why there's, uh, so many people who, uh, are six foot under, uh, that somebody thought a gun was empty or, uh, whatever. And obviously it wasn't. And, uh, so I, my my class is all about making absolutely sure that we never have an unexpected or uh, unintentional discharge of our firearm or weapon. Uh, we're going to be in control of that gun at all times under all circumstances, uh, and that's what I'm all about. In the business of Southern Safety Services, we're speaking with the owner and founder, Hollis Kendall. You can find out more at SSS. FL.com. That's SSSFL.com. And of course, that stands for Southern Safety Services. And FL, of course, stands for Florida. And as Holland mentioned earlier, Hollis mentioned earlier, safety is their middle name at Southern Safety Services. And Hollis, that's a great point. And I'd like to you know, thank you for sharing that personal experience with us. And can you share, you know, share, and I don't want you to give away all your secrets, uh, but. Um, what are some things that citizens can do to to you know improve their safety and, and you know and make sure that they don't have one of these fatal accidents with a handgun? Well, basically, just follow some very very basic safety rules. The uh, the rules that probably everybody out there doing these classes is teaching. Uh, you know, keep your gun pointed in a safe direction. Uh, keep your finger off the trigger. And uh, keep it unloaded to ready to use. Now, that's, uh, obviously, that's not the case when you're carrying for self-defense, but under other circumstances, uh, that's recommended. But um, it's just all common sense, but it's, uh, we, we just get complacent and careless, and uh, that's, that's how these incidents occur. Yeah, I definitely I agree with you 100%, and I, I definitely think a lot of people do not really give a lot of thought to the the devastating, you know, consequences that could happen from, you know, oper- you know using a handgun dangerously or, or, or not safely. And one thing that you talk about that you've mentioned, too, is just um, why don't you talk about what happens you know, when a bullet, you know, strikes something? Well, I, I have a, a, a saying that I actually stole it, to be honest with you, but uh, when a projectile goes through something, it leaves a hole. And whatever was in that hole is gone forever, and you can't bring it back. So I think that's a very, very heavy statement because no matter what it is, when that projectile goes through it, there's going to be a hole 
there, and whatever was there is gone forever. And if that's part of a body, uh, it's devastating. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Our guest is Hollis Kendall, founder of Southern Safety Services, a company that prepares citizens to receive their concealed weapons permit in the state of Florida and teaches hands-on handgun safety. You can find out more at SSSFL.com. That's their website, SSSFL.com, Southern Safety Services. Now, Hollis, can you talk about, you know, just kind of share a little bit about with us your who your students are, your customers, your people that come to you and, and that, that you, you get you, you, you train in handgun safety and you, and you get prepared to get their uh, concealed weapons permit? Well, it's it's very diverse, uh, to be honest. I mean, I have uh, young people, old people, uh, male, female, uh, just uh, everybody, and it, it's surprising. Uh, we talked about it in a class a, a couple of weeks ago. In the state of Florida, there's there's over two million people now that have a concealed weapons license, and the largest number of licensed uh, concealed weapons holders, uh, the largest number is from 50, age 51 to 65, and the second largest is from 65 and up. So the largest majority of people that are carrying uh, concealed weapons in the state of Florida are people 51 years and older. Uh, and, I, and I think that it kind of explains itself, probably. Very interesting. And can you talk about what are some reasons that a citizen should get their concealed weapons permit and, and should carry? Well, the main reason is that uh, with a concealed weapons license, you're allowed to carry it on your person concealed, obviously, um, in the vast majority of the places that you will be. Uh, I've had several people tell me that they really don't need a concealed weapons license because uh, they don't go where there's crime and so forth, and I, I find that a little ludicrous because uh, every time we step out of our home and get into the general public, uh, we could become a victim of any type of crime anywhere, anytime. Um, so having having the ability to possibly uh, defend and protect yourself wherever you are uh, is very important. Now, there are some restrictions, obviously, where you cannot carry uh, with justifiable reasons. Uh, but for the most part, you can carry where you go and have the right and opportunity, the legal right uh, to defend yourself. But with that said, there more than likely will be some legal or civil ramifications if you, in fact, do use your weapon to defend yourself. And great food for thought, great information. And yeah, I just pick up where you, you know, where you touched on is, yeah, let's just face it here in central Florida, you know, crime can find you very easily, no matter where you live, what neighborhood you're in, you know, what area of town you're in. You see on TV all the time now, I mean, the places where you never thought you would see crime before. I mean, don't want to get into name and names, but Publix parking lot, Walmart's par- parking lots are a very dangerous place. Um, and I don't think we put enough emphasis in that because you come out of a store with whatever you purchased and you're putting it in your vehicle and you're not paying attention 
to who's in that vehicle beside you, behind you, who's walking around you, uh, somebody coming up and asking you for directions, uh, for a cigarette, for whatever it may be, um, very well may be preparing to make you a victim of crime. And I'll just a couple off the top of my head that happened within the last two weeks that I read about in the Sentinel. That's my source. In fact, I had meant to address those things on the on the show. Well, just to talk about them briefly now is, yeah, there was an incident recently where I think at a food mart over on West 50. Now, it was in Pine Hills, and that is a crime, high crime area, but the, 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 the place where this happened wasn't necessarily a high crime area. It was just right there on, on, in broad daylight on, on, on the main highway. Now, you mentioned not being high crime and, and daylight. You know, one of the main things we have to be concerned about today, and I experienced it coming here, is road rage. Uh, <laughs> you can't drive anywhere. Did, did you today. observe road rage, or, or you, or, or I, did you have road no, rage? I, I observed <laughs> it, uh, but I mean, it, it's getting out of control. And what used to happen? Uh, I'm old school, and it used to be, you know, we'd uh, holler and yell at each other, and that was the extent of it. Now you make a mistake, and uh, even if you inadvertently cut somebody off, or they think you brake checked them or whatever. They're very likely to come up to your vehicle and start shooting. No, that there have been several fatalities right here in Central Florida over the last few years of that exact same situation. Right. So, this is why, and not only, but we keep talking about having a concealed weapons license, and that's not the key here. It's the knowing how to use that handgun, where, how, when, why. Uh, and make absolutely positively sure that you're in the right place and frame of mind and whatever it may be if and when you have to do that. Because uh, you cannot let your emotions take control of you when you have a, a gun in your possession. Friends, I'm finding this very, our conversation with Hollis Kendall very interesting. I, ho- I hope that you are as well. You can find out more at his website. That's SSSFL. Dot com And, of course, SSS stands for Southern Safety Services. Actually, coming to the end of our show, but I want to thank you for joining us. It's great that you've come over and shared with us. I know you've been on the Debbie Turner, our hometown with Debbie Turner show before. Uh, excuse me, Debbie, Debbie O'Brien. I, you, you shared office with Debbie Turner. You were on the <laughs> Debbie O'Brien show. But I want to thank you for coming and, and joining us on our show today, and we look forward to having you back again sometime soon. Well, thank you very much, and it just uh, – I, I, I just, like I say, it is my passion, and I love talking about it because it's, it's so personal to me. Appreciate the work that you do. Friends, that's going to do it for our show today. I want to thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to Pete Paquette for producing our segments with Hollis Kendall of Southern Safety Services. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.